0: Let our trained professionals help you come down from the high of the game here on the Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
1: Here's Matthews weaving in on the left wing for Marner. Back in for Matthews. Price to center, but it's gone by everybody. Sliding, sliding, but it's going wide of the Leafs goal. It'll be non-icing, of course, because it was set there by Matthews, and the final seconds are going to tick down. And the Maple Leafs' winning streak will come to an end as they lose by two to the Vancouver Canucks.
2: You can't win them all. 25 games in the Leafs are 18-5-2. It could be worse. Let's break it all down. This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Gold Muziac Gord Stelic for Twitter thoughts. Uh, Sam McKee and Danielle Furtado along for the ride as well. Chris Johnston of Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada will drop by in mere moments to break it down. But first and foremost, Gord, go some uh, saddening news off the top of the uh, the program. Heck, uh, Canada's hockey dad, Walter Gretzky, passing away at the age of 82.
0: Yeah, you know what? That's that's a great term. The consummate hockey dad, you're right. Uh, all Canadian. Uh, he'd been uh, in poor health for a while. Wayne Gretzky had been in Brantford to be with his father. He made the announcement on behalf of his family, and it's... a uh, A a sad announcement, but it brings a smile to your face about a guy that went out and lived life large. You'd see him all the time, whether it's at Blue Jay games, Leaf games, any kind of event. And uh, as he said, the last 25 years or so, we're fortunate to have him after uh, a stroke all those years ago. So... He didn't remember a lot from back then, but he just came on and he was a larger than life figure.
2: I think Coyotes coach Rick Tockett put it perfectly on Twitter. He'll be missed by millions as we bring in um, Chris Johnson of sports and hockey Night in Canada to break down this uh, Leafs loss. But first and foremost, your thoughts on the passing of Walter Gretzky, Chris.
3: Yeah. You know, just a sad moment. I think uh, for a lot of people that, you know, knew Walter personally, of course, and, and my condolences go to the Gretzky family and, and, as many friends, but, but, you know, I, I think everyone kind of feels this sort of lost, even if you didn't know him too personally, which, you know, I'm in that group. Uh, I haven't only met him a few times, but, but just, um, you know, I, I love that Canada's hockey dad thing. I know it's a little bit cheesy or cliche, but I do think there's something to that, that, that most people that, that cared about the sport uh, knew Walter could feel his warmth knew uh, how much uh, time he had for people and, and how sort of gracious of a man he was and, you know he obviously uh raised a great family not just with Wayne but uh, his other kids and and so um you know it's it's a very sad day i, I don't um you know you get to 82 that's a pretty good life but um just wish he could have been with us a little bit longer
0: yeah and uh, to live at that large right up to 82 is, is is a great life chris that's for sure and it was you know it's it's interesting the kind of game tonight after that uncharted waters as joe bowen said if you fall in the leafs those three games in edmonton not just how the, that they won but how they won them you know there were a lot of positives tonight but it just kind of had that kind of that thing we weren't able to bury their chances you know wasn't you know wasn't quite happening the way to finding the way to win like the other ones so kind of when the walter gretzky news came you, you were you were able to reminisce and watch the game at the same time it, it didn't have you on the edge of your seat
3: yeah, I think that's fair, and and it's one of those games where you don't come out. I don't think with with a true hot take. You know, it's not like they lost because of one thing uh, that you can spend a whole you know block on. Uh, you know, Michael Hutchinson probably got outplayed a little bit by Thatcher Demko. I think you know Demko, especially early in the game, was a big factor in in what happened. You know, probably the Leafs' schedule caught up to them because you know really I thought the Canucks had a strong third period. To be fair. You know, going into that period, just with a two-one lead, you know, they came out and and really sort of pressed things and, and didn't allow the Leafs to get many chances, and then ultimately got the the three-one advantage, which was, you know, enough to win the game. And and so, you know, credit to them, uh, but you know, I don't think the Leafs were also awful in this one, uh, especially given that they were playing for fourth time in six nights. So, um, you know, not not what we saw in Edmonton, but I don't think it takes away anything from Edmonton. I guess is is sort of. Where I land on that, you know, I, I still think that was a really uh, big moment for the the team, and and you know, losing on the very next night, uh, flying into Vancouver, uh, you know, to me it doesn't doesn't take any sort of the shine off of of what was done there.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, they were fine. And that uh, that's okay. It's just one to fifty six. They're uh, they're back in Vancouver on Saturday night. We'll see if they can double it up here uh, with Gord Stellick. I'm Nick Alberga on Leafs Nation post game. Chris Johnson is our guest, breaking down this three uh, one loss here to the Vancouver Canucks. I want to get to the zip line. The hemline is what we like to call them. Uh, do do you foresee this being a thing as we move closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs? Because they've really really impressed so far.
3: I think it will. You know, when you know we get to the point that uh, Wayne Simmons comes back in the lineup. You know, maybe you'll see Sheldon Keith go away for it a time. But, you know, the one thing I've learned about Sheldon is that he really likes to try different things. And even if something works, he, he's comfortable switching away from it, knowing he can go back to it, if you know what I'm saying. It, it's almost as though he considers that, uh, you know, weapon in his arsenal. And, I, you know, it would be hard to imagine, because we're all seeing it and, and you know, he's watching the game on a much more granular level than we are, that, that he would watch the way that that line's played, even tonight and not just because Engvall scored, but I just feel that they, they've found something, that, that there's there's something maybe about the personality of that line, what they're asked to do. You know, they're not really counted on to score, of course. They're, they're, they're there to, to really push the pace, uh, make life difficult on the other team not to be scored against, I think would be an important part of their job. And so even if we see that line split up in the next week or two or three, whenever Simmons gets back or other roster moves are made, you know, I think when the games matter, uh, we're going to see that that as a trio again. You know, I just just my sense from how Sheldon likes to sort of build out his team over a year and, and 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 try different things, and also just tell well it worked. And so, you know, I, I've you know that that line really that was one of the kind of the, the big stories I think out of the Edmonton games in particular, just how well they played, and and you know gives the Leafs a different look you know, below, you know, a top six, that's pretty dangerous and, and self-evident to uh, why other teams don't want like the top six. Well, if you have that as your third line, I mean, now you really got something cooking.
0: You know, I think in a lot of ways it shows, I give credit to everybody on the line, but more and more, wherever you put Zach Hyman on, he makes the line.
3: Yeah, it's fair. I mean, he's basically played his whole career with one of, you know, Matthews or, or a little bit with Tavares. I mean, but he's basically played his entire career with top players you know with superstars and then obviously his skill set isn't the superstar skill set, but I think he fits in with those guys you know we, we've seen him over the last couple of years i think create more of his own offense or or become more of an offensively effective player, knowing where to go to get points and and still win you know the four check battles and the things that I think you know really helps the the high skill players and and so you know, he's, he's in an interesting spot. I mean, the last time I checked on this, there there hadn't been any contract talks at all for him. You know, he's a pending, unrestricted free agent coming up this summer. You know, that might have changed during the last week or so. But, but you know, I know that there hasn't been a whole lot of dialogue, you know, either in the off season or in the early part of this season. And I, I think it's going to be an interesting choice for him, probably him more than the Leafs. I, I think... Look, it's it's pretty obvious if you're the Leafs, you want to keep Zach Hyman. You know, they they love the guy. I don't think there's any mystery about that. But there's there's a certain number they can't go beyond. And and you know, I don't have that exact figure. But but you know, it's pretty clear they they can only pay him so much. And you know, really, he's going to have to you know at some point look at that number and then look at you know his production and try to gauge the market and decide you know can I can I take a little bit less? Should I take a little bit less to stay in my hometown? I mean, that's that's a hard decision and and probably not one to even really be seriously contemplated in the first week of March. But, um, you know, I think that's what it'll come down to for him because you're right. I think that his value every year just shines through a little bit more and more and more, you know, the first year we all thought he was just someone who skated hard, gave an honest effort in playing with Matthews. Well, I think, you know, he's seen a lot more, uh, deeply than that now. And, and, you know, contributes on both specialty teams and he's a real valuable part of this,
2: this club. And that is why it is important to live in the moment. I think if for the Maple Leafs, who knows what the, you know, this team will look like past this season. Uh, you know, with that in mind, we get closer and closer to the April 12th NHL trade deadline. As you know, what's your expectation for the terms of what the Leafs might do between now and then?
3: Well, I would expect them to make a move soon, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I think with the, the quarantine issue with a lighter schedule in March, you know, just it just makes sense. I mean, look, the Leafs have a chance to win the Stanley Cup, like I, I think a really good chance. Uh, I'm not one to run the numbers. I can't put the odds on it, but there, it's definitely better than 5% or something like that. And, you know, generally the rule of thumb, I think, is when you have that that kind of chance to win, you have to do everything you can to win. And And so, you know, I, I get the feeling management's really comfortable with their depth, in most places, but, but they'd like another option for sort of the top six or maybe that third line, you know, just, just another body in there that, that if, if there's injuries or other things that come along that, you know, underperformance, whatever you, you want to call it. I mean, it, it's clear that Jimmy Beesey wasn't that right. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he's fine as a penalty killer and he scored two goals last night and he's playing on the fourth line now, but you know, they don't have a ton of options truly to be the top six left winger um you know especially if nick robertson isn't that guy right now in this moment in time and, and it's not to say he can't be or he won't be but you know i, I think that, that that's the sort of trade that just makes all kind of sense at least are motivated to make it you know i think that they they have a team where it's 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 fully makes sense to to get up uh, some future assets whether that's a draft pick or another prospect to to bring in someone else to help in the moment and you're all the dice from here. You know, this is, this year is never set up better than in my lifetime for the leagues to ever run to the cup final. So, um, you know, this team looks great to me. They only have to be better than eight teams in the whole league that the, the six in the division that we already know through this point of the season, they're clearly head and shoulders above and then, you know, whatever two they might face afterwards. So, you know, I think you have to do everything you can to bolster a lineup when you have that kind of opportunity.
0: And, and you know you're looking ahead, but also looking behind a little bit. And it came in with, uh, you know, Mike Babcock face interview with Christine Simpson a while ago, and just really kind of under siege in a lot of different ways. But but the one he just said that he accepted that he was done when Lou Lamorello was gone. So you had a season and a bit uh, under under that toxic arrangement, and you're just seeing that right off the bat. Sheldon Keith aware of that when you bring these guys to the organization, you have to give them a chance to succeed, give them a chance to not just be on the fourth line, just including Jimmy VC. He had him on the second line for a bit. And, and he's done a masterful job with all those guys. And now whether it's Zach Pogosian, Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, of course is hurt, but Jason Spezza, like whoever it is, like he really is getting the maximum you can out of pretty well, all of them.
3: Well, and I, I don't think we should look past the fact that their record is what it is. It's not just because they, of what they added. I think it's how they've been managed. You know, I I think Sheldon's a master. He's been he's been pushing a lot of buttons. I think he's been creating a little bit of conflict and and I mean that the the small C conflict behind the scenes, the sort of healthy tension within a team, uh, to keep everybody motivated, to keep them on their toes. I mean it's what's the record now? Eighteen five and two, I think. It's it's hard to win eighteen of twenty five games or or whatever yeah, they're at right. at this point. It's it's just it's difficult to have that level of success even when you're better than other teams because it's hard to be motivated to give your best every day. And and so I think Sheldon deserves credit for that. You know, I think I mentioned it the last time I was on with you guys. I, I really, I had no time for that comment from Mike Babcock. I, I, and I've heard of him, he actually said it to me once directly. And so I know he believes it and, and that's fine. We all create our own realities. I just think you got to own your stuff and Mike never owned his stuff here. You know, when, when he got out coached in a game, the second game seven in Boston, he never owned his stuff. He never had any level of self-reflection. He never changed anything. And, you know, 20 games into the next season, he was fired. And, you know, I think Kyle Dubas and him obviously didn't see the world the same way. You know, Kyle didn't bring him to Toronto. I get all that stuff. But but if they won a lot of games, you know, Mike would still be coaching here. You know, he, he, he wasn't fired because of personality conflict. He was fired because of underperformance. And, you know... To, to frame it any other way. And I know there's the whole interpersonal dynamics. I think is just to obscure the real issue there. He was not willing to try enough different things. You know, the performance wasn't there from his end of stuff. And and so I just, I think it's like excuse making to say, to try to blame it on oh, it wasn't my GM. Like, yeah, we, we all get that. But you know, if you were winning at 108 point pace the whole time as a coach, no GMs firing you, whether he hired you or not. So, you know, I, th- I think Mike, should probably curb that a little bit, just my opinion. Um, you know, let's face it, time moves on, things happen. He did a good job of turning the organization around. He hit a wall, and and it's very clear to me that Sheldon Keefe at this point in time is a much better coach to, to run the team with with where they're at.
2: We need a uh, Babcock ISO cam when the Leafs win the Stanley Cup, right?
3: Well, he might be the NBC studio, so <laughs> I guess we'll, uh, we'll be able to go
2: back to him for his comment afterwards. Thanks so much for this, CJ. Take care. All right, guys. There you have a Chris Johnson, a Sportsnet and Hockeynet in Canada. Some strong words, but you know what? And I really haven't commented on it since, you know, Babcock started being in the media again in this resurgence tour, whatever you want to call it, whatever he's trying to do to get back coaching in this league. I just think it's irrelevant. I've moved forward. Sheldon Keefe's the coach of this team and it just didn't work in the past. And we'll leave it at that.
0: Uh, well, I moved forward too, but yeah. it's, it just confirmed more what we thought. And it just is a reminder for any organization and you, you don't set up a toxic arrangement like that whether it's the Toronto Maple Leafs or anybody else you've got to handle it different otherwise this kind of result is pretty well always predictable but yes that
2: is that is in the rear view lights so once again many thanks to Chris Johnson for hopping on certainly the story of this game I just think Toronto lack the crispness that they had especially in Edmonton and I I think Thatcher Demko isn't getting enough credit like I, I thought he was really really good in the first half of this game I think the Leafs late in that you know, the last 10 minutes, we'll say, of the first period were all over him. Made a couple big-time stops. But, um, you know, I know Ralphie made this comment, too, uh, you know, about a game and a couple games against the Calgary Flames where it just seemed like the Leafs were a bit off. You could tell in that third period, Austin Matthews had a wide-open net. He does not miss those, and he did tonight.
0: Yeah, and, and to the Canucks' credit, as uh, as Chris alluded to, the third period, you got to give them the edge. Yeah. But the first two, you gave the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the assumption is the way they've played that they would do it in the third. But, Wow. Huge saves by Thatcher Demko. He, he was a huge difference maker, but Austin Matthews, John Tavares a couple of times, Ilya Makayev, holy macro. Mm-hmm. Like just, just, just five bell chances the Leafs were not able to finish, which the other night against Edmonton. Every five bell chance
2: they pretty well finished. It's been a fascinating week for a variety of reasons, but among them all the storylines and narratives about the uh, the big two in Edmonton going essentially pointless. Well, Marner and company have pretty much done the same thing the last couple of days. You know, Matthews comes back, he was, you know, a minus one, had seven shots on goal, got nothing last night and nothing this night, right?
0: Yeah. No, no, absolutely. It was whether it's Jimmy V C the the other game. Yeah. Um I think tonight probably we got to blame people that started changing the hemline to the zip line. Like it was fine with the hemline, which we were involved in naming. And all of a sudden the zip line, no, there was no zip for the zip line tonight. So yes, uh, (laughs) you know, that that's, we're going to find a, we're going to do a bit of a reach and a bit of a stretch to use that as an
2: excuse. Oh, and it's my, still my quote of the day in the NHL world from one of the lockouts, all 8 billion of them. But, uh, the, the hill we're willing to die on here, Gord, for sure. (laughs) Has to be that we're we're, we're going with the hemline. Okay. Yeah. That was Bill Daly. Yeah, I know. The Bill Daley. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that, covering yeah that that's that whole right. Thing. I can remember that very well. well it was a remarkable yes. quote that uh, I still live by, by the way. So the Maple Leafs threw the 3-1 the final here against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, waiting for some Zoom calls here. Hopefully Sheldon Keefe and others to break it all down. But lucky for them, they got Vancouver once again coming up on Saturday night. This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet of The Fan.
1: Capitalize on the turnover, play it ahead for Mikheyev, back to Engvall, and goal! goalie scores! The zip line is roaring again as Pierre Engvall takes a pass from Mikheyev and snaps it over the shoulder of goaltender Thatcher Demko. Uh,
2: excuse me, can we edit that? The hemline, please? Yeah. Yeah. Not the zip line. No, I don't know what a zip line is, no. Maybe I do that in Costa Rica, but not in hockey. What about the, uh, yeah, we do the Pez line. Exactly. So Pierre Engvall, the only goal for the Leafs on this night. Disappointing 3-1 loss is first and nine. So it's always great to see that. Gord Stelic, I'm Nick Alberga. Breaking it all down here on Leafs Nation postgame. Wouldn't be right to do a show without talking about Ilya Mikheyev, who had about 7,000 opportunities again tonight. He is stymied, Gord.
0: Yeah, boy. And some of them are... Five bell <laughs> for want of a better. I mean, like, yeah. I and, and one of them, unfortunately, when you is quite often happens when you miss a glorious scoring chance, uh, the other team comes down and you know kind of regroups pretty quickly. And kind of a softy went in, it led like 15 seconds later. The Vancouver Canucks had scored their second goal of the game. And man, that and yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, like, like I'm really hoping. He's not the Michael Grebner, but unfortunately, it's going in that direction. Trending that way, isn't it? Well, very, yeah, trending is a polite word. <laughs> I, I just, uh, wow. it's uh,
2: And it's funny, too, because I, I think Sheldon Keefe had this ideology that, you know, he was going a bit in the first period. He had a great body check, I believe, on Travis Hamanick, put him up with Tavares and Nylander. But, again, it just seems like every game he's got these marquee opportunities and he can't cash. And we like to say you know, eventually that confidence will build and he'll start scoring at a regular pace. But we're through 25 games now, Gord. Yeah, and
0: that's something Joe and Jim were commenting about. Like at some point, you know, do you say, oh gosh, he's mm. just got to, all of a sudden it'll happen. And we've seen it, the log jam hap, uh, ends and the player goes on, whether it's about scoring goals or whatever part of his game that he's had struggles about. It. And then you look back, go, yeah, remember that growing pains, what have you? Well, it's getting a little painful right now if it's growing pains. you just want is, is this Is this a guy that isn't good at picking his spots? You know, and, and you know, are there reasons that way that are going to carry on about not getting the kind of goals or scoring at the rate anywhere close? You think he, that he should be? He should be.
2: Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he can go 0 for 78 in this season if he scores in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's all that matters, right? Well, it's like last
0: year, Kerfoot got what he get two goals the first yeah. game. You know, just yeah, you're 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 right about that. That could
2: hopefully be the saving grace for a couple of the players. I like to forget about Columbus. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, of note too, uh, Joe Thornton played 11 57 in this game, the back-to-back I get it. He's 41. Uh, meantime, the captain John Tavares had a couple chances in this game, three shots on goal 20 59 of ice. Let's hear from the captain now.
1: Uh, first, I just want to, um, acknowledge something that I, that I heard tonight post game. I think first, uh, condolences to, uh, you know, the Gretzky family hearing the passing of Walter, I think obviously knows his impact, not only on uh, his boys uh, playing the game, but uh, overall in the hockey community, and and uh, you know what he brought um, to the game uh, um, more than just to his boys playing. So, and and uh, the impact that they they made on the game, obviously specifically Wayne. So, um, as a group, we recognize that, and and uh, just want to you know give our condolences to to uh, the Gretzky family and the hockey community.
4: Thanks, John. We'll take questions now. First up is Kevin McGran, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin.
5: John, thanks for that. I, I wonder if uh, if you met Walter any time along the way, and if you have a story you can tell about what kind of man he was.
1: Uh, I believe I did met, uh, meet him. When I was young. It's it's hard to remember exactly uh, time and place, um, but he was always around the rinks and obviously was very involved in the game. Um and like I said, around the hockey community, I think just his graciousness, uh, big smile and obviously passion for the game. So um, just a very gracious man um, from what I remember as a kid. Thanks, John.
4: Next up, we'll go to Lance Hornby, Trauma son. Go ahead, Lance.
5: Oh, hi, John. With uh, 30 plus shots tonight, do you feel you guys uh, had a chance to get this one despite being on the uh, the wrong end of a back to back?
1: Yeah, we disappointed i think uh we had a we had a much better start tonight i think than we had and, and our games in edmonton um you know we didn't get the lead like we did but i think the way we were able to get some pucks to the net and and uh have the puck a lot um unfortunately we just uh fell behind it's disappointing i think uh, we really wanted to come in off of uh, three really good games to build on that and not uh not take this one lightly and really continue to find growth and challenge ourselves. So uh, obviously it didn't go our way. We had some opportunities. We gotta probably make it a little bit more difficult around their net, but uh, regroup tomorrow and, and be ready for Saturday.
4: Thank you. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark.
6: John, did you sense the schedule at all catching up with the group as the, as the game wore on?
1: You know, we don't really think about that. It is what it is. Uh, you're just trying to play and be ready for that next shift, that next opportunity. I think we had a great chance to win tonight. Uh, you know, we're disappointed that uh, we didn't find a way. We felt uh, we had a really good chance, even being down one, going to the third uh, to to get some points tonight, uh, find a way to uh, be on the right side. But obviously, um, you know, we've been uh, had a, playing with the lead a lot lately, so we had an opportunity to to find a way to, to claw back, and, and we didn't do it. So, like I said, we'll regroup tomorrow and and uh, look to bounce back on Saturday.
6: Demko is starting to, to look like the guy who played in the bubble in the playoffs. What's it going to take to, to beat him on Saturday?
1: Yeah, like I said, I think uh, we got to find a way maybe to get some more, you know, pucks uh, in around the net, uh, some second and thirds and rebounds. They do a good job around their net too. They, they, they defend hard. So that's just going to have to find ways to up our game uh, there. I think we had some chances. We got them going across the crease. Me specifically just didn't able to seem to really get a full handle on it and just execute some of those plays. So. Um, I think obviously continue to get the amount of the amount of pucks we got to the net I think in the third we would have liked to have gone more but try to just try to get it to the inside and and, uh, obviously make it difficult for them to have to uh, save multiple opportunities.
2: All right, there is Johnny Toronto, and with that, Gord, there's some breaking news on Twitter, not involving the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I couldn't believe it. We double-took seeing this information. Not so much that Jeff Ward, the uh, head coach of the Calgary Flames, was canned, but Daryl Sutter is coming back. Are the Ottawa Senators officially coach killers? That's true now. (laughs) Well, and I was wondering if
0: there would be any coaching changes at all this season, but the other point we said is, okay, the Canadian division, the North Division, Toronto does not have Tampa Bay or Boston like they did in the Atlantic division, but six of the seven teams are all expecting to make the playoffs. I mean, they're really expecting to make the playoffs and they're going to be really picked ticked if they want, if they do not make the playoffs. So Montreal made the coaching change and now the Calgary flames. Yeah. Daryl Sutter. They just phoned the ranch. Who's on the ranch? Honestly, Viking Alberta, who is well, last time he came, Do you remember when he came to Los Angeles Kings, he needed a good week or so to shut things down on the ranch. Everyone said, are you kidding me? They bring a guy in mid-season. Stanley Cups, what can you say? Stanley Cups. Where do I
2: get it? Um, and maybe I'm in the minority in this conversation, but it's the same people recycled in this league. I'm taking nothing away from Daryl Sutter, but where's the new
0: blood? Well, I, you know, I think a problem right now, Nick, is I, I agree with the but I think COVID world yes. is, is taking a step backward because the American hockey league just got going. There's not normally the places that someone would come from because I I, I think there will be a move afoot about you know young blood coming up. I think that's going to happen. I think that is the next way, but right now it, it's going to be the either assistant coach moving up or the recycle coach, which if he has success, it's a positive. If not, it's kind of, okay, great. You know, taking care of your buddy and it didn't work out. You, uh, you know, one stop to one stop too many. So again, that's
2: the story at a Calgary. And I, I still, for the life of me, can't comprehend how teams win hockey games and then they fire their coach. This is now the second time this has <laughs> happened. Montreal did it. And now the Calgary flames. Can you make sense of that? Since you worked for a team? Well, a couple of them. Yeah.
0: Well, Montreal, of course it's internal because it was your assistant coach. Yeah. So, um, that that story that was just brewing all along. That that yeah. was there, and uh, and 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 there was just going to be a time he was uh, Berger Bergerman was going to pounce. This one, I, I I imagine part of it would be you want to get Sutter in place because Bruce Boudreau had the thing. He got fired by the Washington Capitals. He gets phoned right away by Bob Murray, so he goes to Anaheim and he's got a he's got to hide watching the game. He stays in the hotel because Randy Carlisle's coaching his last game, and Randy Carlisle wins, but the. The machine was made. in order to meet yeah. and, and get, you know, get things done. So that could
2: be part of it, getting the T's cr-
0: crossed and the I's dotted for Daryl Sutter.
2: Absolute shocker in the hockey world. And, um, you know, everybody wants to win, as you indicated here in this North Division. Uh, Jeff Ward, by the way, 34-26-5 in, in uh, regular season play as the head coach of the Calgary Flames. And I understand this business scored... Um, you know it better than most people. Uh, what what Jeff Ward did for the Calgary Flames after that whole fiasco last year with 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 um Bill Peters Bill Peters, thank yeah. you. Uh, i I think you need some insurance on that contract. But whatever, uh, they make the move, this is the fifth head coach under Bradshaw Living now. So it's clearly the head coach's fault every time <laughs> and And um, <laughs> the point you bring up,
0: the Calgary Flames were on a on a road trip last year. You remember that when all that hit? And did a great job. And, and Bill Peters was really the lightning rod for everything. And it's strange because as we talk about Mike Babcock, Akeem Alou, what brought it to the surface was hearing about Babcock's treatment of Mitch Marner. Bill Peters had been an assistant assistant to Babcock in Detroit. And Alou then chose to go public. And all of a sudden it landed rightly. So at the feet of Bill Peters, having to be accountable. I know it was years ago. Um, the, um, incidents had happened and all of a sudden the calgary flames as an organization you know knowing nothing and not you know it landed there and uh and they had to deal with it and jeff ward had a real real mess big time much like rick bonus did with the dallas stars two guys when, exactly. when jim montgomery it's yeah. kind of self-imploded so you know the, these these guys did excellent
2: jobs they're not kidding when they say you're hired to be fired though honestly oh totally like i don't know why you would want to get into the profession i know the money is good but you're not there for a long time and i don't care who you are like a perfect indication is the national predators right um you know barry trotz lasted like 25 years and then next thing you know the recycling coach is left and right now you know yeah
0: well it's uh the, you mentioned the key the money's a lot different so that yeah. that adds it's to it like... but uh yeah but you are hired to be fired and you, you know the bigger you you know the bigger you are the harder you fall it's it's like anywhere and uh boy, I've seen so many coaches of the year win yeah. that Jack Adams Award, and that is the kiss of death, because the expectations uh
2: you've grown you've the expectations
0: are heightened and you can't sustain them.
2: So another shocker out of Calgary, no doubt about that. Daryl Sutter at 62 years of age coming back to coach the Calgary Flames. So Johnny Goodrow again staying put with the Calgary Flames, who, by the way, won seven three tonight against the Ottawa Senators, who beat up on Calgary last week, and probably the main reason why Jeff Ford is no longer uh, with the Calgary Flames. Nonetheless, we break down a a 3-1 loss here to the Vancouver Canucks. Moments ago, you heard from John Tavares. Now we're going to hear from Austin Matthews. In mere moments, we'll get to Austin Matthews.
7: Uh, Before we begin, uh, I just want to pass along my condolences to the Gretzky family on the passing of Mr. Gretzky. Um, So, yeah, obviously a very, very sad day, so. I um, just want to pass along my condolences to them.
4: Thanks, Austin. We'll take questions now. We'll go to Gemma Carson-Smith with the Canadian Press. Go ahead, Gemma.
7: Hi, Austin. I want to ask you about your shot just with about two seconds or two minutes left there. What did you see um, on that play? And what was your uh, – it looked like you had a little bit of frustration when Demko made that stop. Uh, I think I hit the post. Oh um Sorry about but that. yeah I don't know puck was spinning I just tried to shoot it hit the post didn't go in and what's it like to face a, a goalie like Demko who's uh uh coming into
5: his own this season here
7: yeah Demer's uh Demer's a great goalie um he's obviously he's big takes up uh, a lot of space um and yeah I mean I think uh ever since um you know the bubble and the playoffs last year he's really uh He's really come into his own, and um, you know, I've been fortunate to get to know him a bit. And he's an awesome guy and a really, really great person. So, he uh, he played really well tonight. He made a couple of big saves for them. Um, you know, we had had some quality opportunities there, especially in the end. Um, you know, he came up big. So, uh, sometimes you just got
6: to tip your hat.
4: Next, we'll go to Mark Masters. TSN, go ahead, Mark.
6: Austin, the team hasn't played from behind a lot this this season, and certainly not on this trip. How do you feel the group responded to that scenario tonight?
7: Um, probably not as well as uh, we would have liked. Um, I think definitely early on in the third, first five ten minutes, I thought they, um, you know, they were definitely outplaying us. Um, you know, I think that last ten, obviously, uh, you know, we really had to make a push and mirror we pressing. Uh, for offense and and trying to uh, obviously score a goal quick and so that's you know he started to really have some good chances and stuff and um, you know puck just didn't go in but uh, by that point I mean we're down two goals it's uh, it's a little bit too late for that but um, had some good looks there at the end puck just didn't go in
4: last one here we're we'll go to Luke Fox Sportsnet go ahead Luke
6: hi Austin just curious if you ever had a chance to meet Walter
7: um, I did not. know. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, a pioneer of the game and like I said, it's, uh, it's a really sad day. So, um, like I said, my condolences goes out to the Gratzky family.
2: Very, very classy gesture by the unofficial captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, one uh, of uh, an assistant captain for sure in Austin Matthews. Uh, that was really, really classy the way he opened things up there, Gord. Yeah, it really was.
0: John Tavares did it. Austin yeah. Matthews did it. And you know, something, uh, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter of late, like like Gretzky's restaurant being torn down, and Walter preserved all the all that memorabilia of Wayne's, and that was demonstrated, and, and it was and it was displayed so prominently at Gretzky's restaurant. I mean, that was yeah. a, that was the highlight. if you went in, you got like a mini Wayne Gretzky museum, and unfortunately, it's a it's a yeah. you know what a night. It's condo pave paradise,
2: and you put up a condo. How about that? Wow, that is fantastic. No better way to go to break. That's Gord Selleck. I'm Nick Alberga. We break down a 3-1 loss here to the Vancouver Canucks postgame. Still coming your way. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Blue and white at night. night. This is Leafs Nation postgame
0: on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
2: All right, welcome back to Leafs Nation postgame following a 3-1 loss, a rare loss at that. Just the uh, first regulation loss on the road, Gord, since the second game of the season. Can you believe that?
0: Unbelievable. Like, we talk about these uncharted waters. They they seemingly never lose, but they will lose from time to time. But it's it's ridiculous. What, 18 wins in 25 games. We talked to Chris Johnson about it. It's just a, it's just a phenomenal start.
2: So if you're just tuning in, uh, it, it's been that type of night in the NHL again, of course the passing of of Walter Gretzky, first and foremost at the age of 82 and uh, number two far distant number two at that. But the, uh, the Calgary flames announcing that they've relieved uh, Jeff Ford of his duties as the head coach. And the shocker is the kicker here, Daryl Sutter coming in at 62 years of age back with the Calgary flames. He won the Stanley cup, I think in 1914, Uh, (laughs) but there's reports on Twitter that are not confirmed. Maybe Elliot Friedman's probably sleeping right now because I know it's it's 1:08 a.m. Eastern time. But this deal for Sutter is coming with a three-year contract this season plus two more. What? Yeah, well, and and you wondered why
0: they won tonight and why the coaching change is made after a Calgary Flames win. And I said, I bet you a lot of things was trying to get the details in place about Daryl Sutter, and and he has some leverage, and he's not like, hey, do you want to come in and uh, you know help out for the rest of the season. And uh, no. By the way, Leo Larry Robinson did that for the St. Louis Blues. He was he was a real positive presence. He was kind of a scout there, but uh, Doug Armstrong brought him in for a bigger role, right around when they won the Stanley Cup. You know, but but so that was more understood. So he's going to be a head coach and go through it all, particularly in a Canadian market. He's got a three year contract.
2: I've heard reports that Scotty Bowman's coming back to coach the Red Wings. <laughs> I I don't know about that one.
0: I don't. I, it's always wonderful to talk to Scotty and uh, glean the knowledge from him he still lives a big chunk of the year in Buffalo, you know, he also yeah. in Florida, but yeah, they, they loves that Buffalo area. So.
2: So it is what it is. Uh, Daryl Sutter back in the national hockey league. And uh, we'll see if that uh, kickstarts the Calgary flames, but number one, I think the zoom calls in this era will be tremendous considering Sutter says about six <laughs> words. I know a lot of people who covered him in Los Angeles, granted not a lot of media, but didn't give you much uh, show. It, from that aspect, it'll be very, very fun to document his uh, movement on uh, on social media and Zoom in this era. And number two, the relationship with guys like Johnny Goodrow, right? It's rocky to say the least right now in Calgary. The writing seems to be on the wall with that player. I think it's, it's no surprise that the player would love to be out East, maybe with his Philadelphia Flyers, maybe with New Jersey, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think this has to, I can't even say this, the final straw for Brad Treliving because it's his fifth head coach though, right? Um, it's a lot. Yeah, it
0: is, it is. You, you you, should only get so long and that's not a knock at Brad Treliving at all. But yeah, he's, uh, and, and Mark Bergevin, the same thing. The two coaching changes uh, the general managers have made in season. It's got to be general managers that in all likelihood, it is their
2: respective last coaching changes. It is. And uh, with that, the Leafs again, uh, losing 3-1 to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, again, I think it was a gutsy effort as well. I should add no Elias Patterson for the Vancouver Canucks and Toronto. And they said after the game, by the way, an upper body injury, not much more in terms of Patterson being available for Saturday night's game, also in Vancouver. But Toronto has had the ability to step up as well this season when guys are missing, namely Austin Matthews for a couple and just continue to ring off wins. So I, I think Vancouver deserves a lot of credit because as soon as that news came out, people started to wonder if Toronto was going to beat them down again. Well,
0: they won 4 nothing the other night. Then they lost again. And and with Vancouver, you know, I, I keep using that word. It's, it's a whole world of hurt. And um, they were close to maybe making that. Uh, even though uh, uh, Francesco Aquilini gave head coach Travis Green and general manager Jim Benning a vote of confidence, you know, things have not gone all that well. So this is going to be a nice game without Pedersen. Well-played game to come up with a win. Can they get some traction? Because right now, The Winnipeg Jets are the one team getting traction. The Oilers were before. And otherwise, it's really kind of a hodgepodge of teams there that'll be fighting for the fourth and final playoff position. But guess what? The Toronto Maple Leafs won't. They'll be home and cooled out.
2: You're certainly right on that front. And also the fact that we're likely to see Frederick Anderson back in between the pipes after the victory in Edmonton last night. Tonight, it was Michael Hutchinson. I I really can't pile up on Hutchinson. I know a couple of weak goals in this game, but still, like... I think he's had six goals of run support so far this season. So I'll continue to give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought he was pretty decent in this game outside of those two goals, but we'll hear now from Michael Hutchinson.
5: Michael, uh, kind of a weird goal to start. Uh you made a bunch of saves after. Uh things seemed to be uh, on the right track. But uh what happened on the second goal there?
8: Uh yeah, the second goal is just uh, you know, the guy skating down the uh boards and uh they had some guys come in the net for some net pressure, so I kind of flattened out a bit expecting. Uh, you know, the play to be for him to throw it in front uh, or try and bank it off me low for a pad pass uh, through the guys driving the net. And uh, as I was kind of going down into the post, uh, I saw his kind of wrists uh, open up and knew he was coming high. And then from there, I just kind of slipped off the post a little bit. And uh, it was just kind of a little bit of a mess for me. Uh, and it's definitely what I'd like to have back. And uh, it was an unfortunate goal and an unfortunate time of the game.
4: We'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark.
6: Hi Michael, I'm not sure how much you focus on the like, the guy at the other end, but uh, I'm wondering if you have any uh, kind of overview or thoughts on Thatcher Demko. What stands out to you about him?
8: Uh he, he played well tonight. Uh you know, we we were able to get a lot of uh chances and uh you know he was right there. Uh so you know uh he's a talented goalie. he's a big guy who moves well and uh he's gonna make us work for uh goals and uh you know it's one of those things, like I said, I thought our team battled extremely hard and we were able to uh, generate some pretty good chances on them
6: tonight. There's there's a lot of moving parts with the the goaltenders on this trip, four on the trip and and questions about the status of some of the guys. What was your preparation like for this game? When when did you know you were going to get the call?
8: Uh, we knew uh, pretty early that uh, Freddie and I were going to be splitting the back-to-back uh, games. So uh, like I said, I uh, had plenty of time to prepare for the game.
2: Yeah. There you have it. Uh, Michael Hutchinson. And that proves my theory that he knew he was starting way before everybody else scored. Yeah.
0: They, uh, I don't, well, I don't know if that was the excuse Sheldon Keefe to see who <laughs> the backup goaltender was going to be, but if he knew he was starting, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have to get this all changed, particularly as we mentioned, if they're going to allow game gaming and do a partnership that way about making these announcements, uh, not just game time decisions.
2: I've never been this frustrated honestly. It, it could just be the year where you just have no information at all with with even reporters being unable to get to the team.
0: I sense you're losing some serious dough. That's no, what I'm, I'm actually winning about. a wanna, lot lately. We're sort of planning a mini intervention here at some point so I'm winning a lot lately. Yeah. You know, you know Feeling I, good. I I um as we kid about Daryl Sutter doing Zoom yeah. calls, uh, <laughs> I worry that's the way that they're going to take this and run with it. This will be the way that access will be I, I hope yeah. that's not the case. I really hope that's not the case. I mean, you and I are you and I are down there uh, uh, on a lot of game night situations. We don't go in the dressing room so much, but yeah. but just in general, I mean, just within proper thing, just to have that ability to report on the game and chat with the players ra- rather than this, you know, the Zoom call is necessary right now, but it's 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 very unwieldy.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it would be counterintuitive if they went back, right? Because I think everybody wants access to players these days. That's what, you know, media want. That's what the general public wants. They want to know these guys inside and out. And I think the only way to do that is to have us around, right? So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, on this night, it wasn't Toronto's uh, certainly the 10 game road point streak in the books. It's uh Long time waiting, I would say, for a regulation loss on the road, but it happened tonight, a 3-1 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. We'll take our final break of the night. That's Gord Stellick. I'm Nick Alberga. This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.
0: Breaking down, what's up? What's up? This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Leafs Nation Post game, A rare loss for your Maple Leafs. 3-1 here to the Vancouver Canucks. Shotgun Jake for 10 and two goals. Boer the captain for Vancouver. The other goal, Pierre Engvall, the lone goal for Toronto. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic breaking it all down at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. just Just one of those nights. They're going to happen throughout a season. I don't care if it's an 82-game slate or a 56-game slate. Just Vancouver was the better team in this hockey game. You got to tip your cap sometimes, Gord.
0: Yeah, they were. They did what they had to do. The Leafs had their chance when they were down one, nothing, and then really seemed to have control. I'm looking here. Mm-hmm. You know, Austin Matthews had six shots on net. Aaron had five shots on net. Leafs uh, outshot Vancouver 33-27. And I, I think I think outscoring uh, scoring chance Vancouver Ooh. as well. But uh, at in the third period, Vancouver took over when when they needed uh, that when they needed to be. And that and uh, basically uh, that was it as far as Vancouver. They took it and ran with it.
2: They did. And uh, with that, Gord, we'll head over to Zoom now and we'll hear what Sheldon Keefe had to say. Just before I take questions
9: here, uh, I just just moments ago just got the uh, terrible news of the passing of Walter Gretzky. So I would want to pass along my condolences uh, to the Gretzky family and, and really on behalf of our entire organization. It's a terrible loss of a great man that gave so many terrific things uh, to our game, to our sport um, certainly leaves a legacy behind, uh, that we will never forget.
4: Thanks, Sheldon. We'll take questions now. We'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance.
5: Uh, thank you for those words, Sheldon. Um, did you know Walter at all? Had you met him uh, through the course of your career?
9: I have met him, uh, a, a few times. Um, he certainly wouldn't remember me. Um, one meeting really stands out. Actually, in Pembroke, uh, he came to he came to visit with uh, NHL old timers at one point in time, and uh, had some time to to chat with him there. Um, yeah, just again, great man. gave so many so many great memories and uh, things. Obviously, you know Wayne's legacy, but uh, just I mean, really, uh, you know, throughout his entire life, uh, gave so much to the game.
5: Uh, on the game tonight, um, your team seemed, the players we spoke to seemed unanimous that fatigue wasn't a factor. From uh, your perspective, what did happen, though?
9: Well, I, I mean, I, just one of those games, I think, you know, I mean, we we just went through in Edmonton, you know, there's there's some games where everything just kind of goes your way, and Uh, today was one of those, one of those games where everything, you know, went Vancouver's way. They certainly played, played hard and deserved it. I mean, that's when you play like that. Normally things do end up falling your way, but, uh, you know, a a, a night like this for us here tonight, it's, you know, it's tough. You know, we, on our first shot of the game, we, we, we put the puck in our own net and, They get a power play goal. We don't, um, you know, we're unable to make good on the chances that we did get. And we didn't uh, do enough to generate um, more chances uh, to give us more opportunities. So, you know, they they played a good hard game. They got a lead and and, uh, defended it well.
4: We'll go to Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke.
9: Is there a
6: significant adjustment you think you have to make for Saturday or is it just a matter of getting a day's rest and, and resetting?
9: Well, I think a day's rest certainly is going to help us. I think that's a no brainer. Um, you know, there's an adjustment to be made just to from coming from one series to the next, that in itself is a, uh, is an adjustment. It's a different style of game out there. Uh, and again, it's a different game because first shot of the game, you know, all of a sudden you're down one, nothing. Um, that's, that makes it hard you know, uh, we were the team that was getting leads, uh, you know, in Edmonton, it, it, the game changes. It's it's a different different game and, and they're a different team. Uh, uh, Vancouver when they when they score first like that and they score really gives them lots of confidence. You know, we're a team coming in here on the back to back and having to dig ourselves out of a hole. Yet I thought we did a good enough job again defensively to give us a, ourselves a chance, you know, to hang around and, and, and look to earn some points in the third period. Um, but they just were—they were quicker and harder than we were in that third, and seemed to have more in the tank.
4: Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGran, trying to start. Go ahead, Kevin.
5: Sheldon, if we—if you don't mind going back to Walter Gretzky for a second, that story you told um back in Pembroke, I presume that's when you were coaching there. Do you remember when he was there with the old timers? Who was drawn to him? Was it the? Was it kids? Was it your players? Was it the NHL old timers? Like, what kind of what kind of scene was around him? Uh, it,
9: it was it was a bit of everybody uh, of all, all ages uh, you know last thing you memory I have of that is just him sitting around uh, you know seen for seen for hours uh, throughout throughout the game uh, you know signing autographs taking pictures of everybody that wanted one and and uh, you know chatting with anybody that wanted to talk too so it was uh, pretty cool to see someone, of, of his stature and what he, what he means to the game and what he's brought to the game, you know, be all the way out in Pembroke, Ontario and and taking part in an event like that for people that, you know, normally wouldn't get such an opportunity. Thanks a lot.
4: Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark.
6: Sheldon, uh, Joe Thornton didn't play a ton down the stretch. Did he get banged up or, or what went into that?
9: No, he, he's fine. I, I just, uh, you know, I had, we're, we're chasing the game there. The, Wanted to shorten the bench, wanted to get Hyman back with Matthews and uh and Mitch. I didn't really intend it to go the way that it did in terms of really shortening that down to three, but uh just the way that it worked. And once once we got down two, that we really had to press for a bit to try to get at least one. And you know, just kind of lost them there. But uh that's really it. You know, things will be back the way we started here for next game.
4: And last one here, we'll go to David Alter of the Hockey. News. Go ahead, David.
8: Hey Sheldon, uh, were you encouraged at all by uh, Jack Campbell's assessment after the morning skate here that you may be able to use the services for Saturday or is it too early to tell?
9: I'd say it's too early to tell um, you know it's been with with our goalies here it's been kind of a day to day thing and um, really not we're not knowing until the afternoon which way things are going to go and, and uh, you know we've We've talked to Hutch and made sure that he's always ready to go, uh, given the uh, the uncertainty around our guys. And we'll just have to continue to evaluate as we as we get going. But uh, Fred felt good uh, today, so that was positive. Um, you know, and he'll be he'll be available for us next game.
2: Okay, there is Sheldon Keith Gord. Why is there so much mystery with these goalies this season? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he thinks Lou Lamorello is still the general
0: manager. or If uh, Kyle Dubas decided to. Uh, take a page from that. Um, yeah, I uh, he's otherwise he's pretty forthcoming. Like he yeah. talked about Austin Matthews' wrist situation. So, uh, or just genuinely, you need to know the hundred percent health report on them all. So we'll have to see when everybody's healthy.
2: If he remains as mysterious Sheldon Keefe does as he has been the last little while, well, that's exactly it. Because everybody else, he's been pretty frank with the situation. But the goalies, like, he can't even tell us when Hutchinson's starting or not. I, I don't understand it. If Freddie Anderson is not a hundred percent, don't play Freddie Anderson. It's pretty simple for me. I'm not a head coach. But yeah. Well, he's uh, let's let's see what gives on Saturday. Okay. Um, you know, it's uh, we have Leafs Nation post game on Saturday. Yeah. Gordon. He's not
0: doing he's not doing too many things wrong. So we'll. Fair. We'll Cut them slack that way, but yeah, I, I don't the, like the goaltending thing. You let them know, you let everybody know, right? You know, communication, right? Yeah, that's you know, what we excel at. It's like a pitcher, you know, just let, let, let who's pitching, let the pitcher know, let everybody else just know. Just don't pull and him because of analytics, right? Or he ends up Ooh, in San yeah. Diego, right? Yes, yes, like yes. Snell,
2: pretty good at pitching. Um, not according to the computer, no. Well, he got dealt. Good job, Tampa. We have Leafs Nation postgame on uh, Saturday. And, Gord, it's the Leafs and the uh, Vancouver Canucks again. Uh, yes. And then uh,
0: next week, we're going to have a whack of games Who's against Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> that is the, you know, hey, I think it's going to be the Leafs and Jets. That's going to be the battle for the top two spots. It's still the Leafs uh, built enough. They're going to get it. But the the hard-driving Winnipeg Jets.
2: Can't wait for Saturday. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Many thanks to Chris Johnson, Sam McKee, and Danielle Furtado. We're out of here. Take care.